Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and today I am joined with another Nick, Double Nick episode here, Nick from Fantasy Football Advice. You can find his links all down below in the description, his Twitter, YouTube channel, whatever he tells you guys to, to click on. So do you got anything else that you'd like me to plug? Nah, just YouTube and, and Twitter are really the only, uh, the only things I ever do. We have a very small Instagram. You don't even need to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> good to know all right so obviously this is going to be uh, another interview i've done a few interviews before nick came on here he was very nice to answer my email very fast to get on here so that's what this video is going to be it should not be a super long time but it is going to be something where it's not just me asking him a bunch of questions about fantasy football first question i have for nick is how old are you right now uh 23 right now turning 24 in a month ish Somewhere around a month, end of May. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. I, I honestly have no idea how old people are just by looking at them. You could have been 20 or you could have been like 27. I would have no idea. So the, my, on the, the age for me, like I've had people be like, you like 18, 19. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to tell also based off of just looking at someone online, like without seeing them, like you look like you're kind of tall. So average like five ten. <laughs> really yeah that's that's all i am so when i was younger my dad got me into fantasy football when i was like eight years old so how how old were you when you began to start this like hobby that kind of became a job yeah um older than most people think so i i didn't watch football until high school like oh. i i liked football like i would play football with friends and stuff i never even watched it or anything um and then I didn't even know football existed or fantasy football existed until I went to my cousin's house sometime in high school, either like freshman or sophomore year, and they were playing it. And I'm like, why do you guys even care like about these other teams? Like we're here for like the Patriots, like this is the only team we should care about. And they're like, nah, like we got to know with our fantasy teams. And so like that year I joined it in like week four or five. It wasn't even from the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. uh, so sometime in like freshman or sophomore year of high school was when I started watching uh, and when I started watching, it played like immediately. Oh, that, that makes a lot of sense. That's kind of crazy. We, most of my friends started when we were in middle school. I was probably the first because my dad, right when I was like eight years old, right when I could figure out how to use a computer, he was like, you're getting in. You got to learn how to do this. And I've been playing with him ever since. So another question I have for you is what is the day in the life of Nick like now versus when before you were making videos and before you're being like a content creator? Yeah. Um, yeah. Now is definitely different. So I finished school last May. So mm -hmm. this is the first, I guess last year was the first season of this was the full, first full year that I wasn't in school or having a job. So yeah. I guess last summer, it's basically just create content 24 seven. I mean, it's, it's just like, know what, what videos are going up, um, always researching everything, producing. I mean, we were doing seven videos a day most of last year. Uh, mm -hmm. But before, uh, before doing any of the content, I worked at Walgreens as a photo specialist, <laughs> making everyone's canvas uh, books and everything. Uh, and then obviously I was in school up until last May. So pretty much just like a normal student workload. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so another question I got for you is how did you come up with the name Fantasy Football Advice? Because that is probably one of the best names in the game by far it's like it's just genius you, they just type in fantasy football advice to get advice and then you just show up right at the beginning mm -hmm. yeah uh and it wasn't 
everyone says that like literally everyone's like it's great for seo like even if they don't put the advice part you're gonna show up for everything and like that was not the intention of when <laughs> when i made it like the intention when i made the channel was to put like three videos out when i was bored and i was like what should i call the channel i was like well i'm, I'm giving advice about fantasy so i guess i'll just like call it that like there was there was nothing about seo or anything about about that like <laughs> that's great but, but it, it worked out very good i guess yeah definitely that's that is like honestly that is like an amazing name it's it's crazy so i got another question so obviously you you make the videos on your channel but you also have some partners that make videos as well so how did you meet both dare and matt um so dare originally it was uh, when i was making the videos at the beginning um i made them throughout the summer and i just didn't want to make anything during the school year just, I don't know, it didn't feel like worth it. I mean, we only had like less than 2000 subscribers at that point and we were getting like a few views, but I just didn't want to do it. And he basically just emailed me and he's like, uh, you tell me like what players to talk about. Um, maybe some like statistics on the players or something and like, I'll make the videos. And I'm like, okay, uh -huh. like, <laughs> sure. If you, if you want me to upload, like they weren't going to make any money. We probably made like two bucks on each video. It wasn't, it wasn't about the money, but he's just like, Hey, if you want to keep your audience engaged, I'll produce the videos during the season. Um, and maybe, I don't know, he probably made like two or three videos a week, maybe at that point. Um, mm -hmm. so then I just like kept him on after that. And then, uh, Matt started maybe two years ago, something like that. Uh, and that was, that was more, uh, beginning of the season. I made a video and I was like, people like, I need someone to do thumbnails. I need someone to, like help with website stuff. Uh, if anyone wants to do that, let me know. And a bunch of people reached out and I don't know, I just picked Matt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good. Out, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So obviously right now you're, you're said you weren't in school. You're older enough. You, you know, graduated school. Congratulations on doing that. So obviously what was it like when you're trying to balance doing your schoolwork with making videos? Because if you were making like a lot of videos, it's pretty hard. Cause right now I'm in college, I'm a junior in college and I was ma I make like 12 videos a week during the season. And that was like unbelievable, like hard, like, especially when you're taking like five classes. So how did you do that? Um, so for undergrad wasn't a huge issue because I had dare making a yeah. lot of the videos. So during the school year I would make some, but very few. Um, mm -hmm. and then in the summer, that's when we were making all the videos, but I wasn't in school. I was yeah. just doing the job at Walgreens. So like, I was still working like 40 hours a week there, but then there was no school work after that. So I could still just like go home and make some videos. Um, really tough though in grad school because that started like two days after I graduated. Oh. So we went all throughout the summer. So that, that was, and that was like the most intense workload was during the summer. Mm -hmm. So that was just like, you know, 7 a.m. to like 1 a.m. Every day was either being in class, working on projects, or making the videos, which was exhausting. And basically, the, the way you balance it is you can't do anything else, was how, at least for that summer, like I knew it, was, it wasn't going to be an issue after the summer was over. Uh, but during the summer, it was like, okay, I need to realize that I'm like, not going to be able to do anything other than this and the videos. Like yeah, no, that, that makes sense. What was your major in college that you were studying for? Um, so undergrad, I did accounting and finance but then i realized that wasn't very fun like at all i just did not want to be an auditor or do taxes uh so 
I tried to find a grad program that would accept me it would mm-hmm. be like one year and would be fun. And so I found uh, analytics, mm-hmm. which I don't know, it just like, I, w- I was already like super interested in numbers and stuff. So I just figured analytics was cool and they were going to let me specialize in sports analytics. And so I was like, oh, that's perfect. So I just did that. So that, that was like super fun. Yeah, no, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Cause I've seen your videos with, with like the sports betting and you talk about like uh, having all, all this type of stuff for it. So that obviously makes complete sense. Being a fantasy guy, being a sports betting guy, you talk, you're talk about uh, being numbers and all that stuff. I just completely blanked yeah, on what like, I was going to say. Uh, like literally my uh, self-design to specialize in sports was the class was building the NFL sports betting model. Like that oh, was really? literally the class was learning how to do that, how to make it efficient and how to make it like really good. Ah, see, now I need to go take that class. That's what I need. <laughs> All yeah, right. So, awesome. so obviously we talked about what happened before. So now we're going to pivot to more of a now type of a deal. Oh, actually, no, never mind. I completely lied to you. We're going to talk about right at the beginning. We got your background. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about the beginning. So your first ever video was made August 3rd, 2015. It was explaining a running back zero strategy, something that's very common now, obviously back then. Most people probably haven't have heard of it. So what made you first want to just be like, you know what, I'm going to make this video. I'm going to sit down here and talk to a computer, which to be honest, if, before you do it, it seems like a weird person move to just sit here and talk at a computer, like just put your hands at the computer. So how did you feel doing that? Why did you do it? Yeah, uh, literally I was just bored over the summer. Um, I'm going to, I don't know when that uh I think there was like one or two videos before that, that I like deleted, but they would have been like, they would have been like days before that. And it had been like a similar thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was just bored. I originally, I had a YouTube channel with my cousin before that, maybe like two years before that on like call of duty. And we would just like get like gameplays that we had and do voiceovers. And it was terrible. I think we got like 150 subs and I just like deleted it. I was like, "This, this is bad. This isn't good. Uh, But I wanted to just like do something on YouTube. And um, I was doing research for fantasy football. uh, And I'd come across uh, this like thing called the RB0 strategy. I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. I thought people would be interested in it. So I just like gave my thoughts about it basically in a video. And it did, I think that one did relatively well. It definitely did better than any other video I'd done uh, in that year. And there were probably only a handful of videos I did that year. And they probably only got like two, 300 views. I think that one got like a few thousand. I was like, Oh, people kind of like this stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Honestly, that that's kind of like how I started as well. I just like, I made videos on YouTube before I was making like video game videos as well. Like I was playing like Minecraft cause I was like 15 or 14. Yeah. And then I just, I deleted all those videos. They're no longer on the internet. Maybe I'll, I haven't stolen my computer, so maybe I'll share one one day, but it, it's, it's embarrassing. <laughs> that's kind of stuff so yeah, no if, if you looked at our videos um i i have no idea and I, I think the channel got deleted so i don't think they would be up but they're they're bad like they're yeah, really no. bad. <laughs> I, I deleted mine as well i got to like 300 subscribers and i was like and i was looking back like a year ago or a few years ago i was like delete this get this off the internet no one needs to ever listen to me sound like this ever so when your channel began in 2015, the content really started coming out around like 2017. So was it the school work that was making you wait? Or was it just that it was just more fun at the beginning and then you decided, hey, maybe this will like work out for me? Yeah, it, it was it was more just like fun. I, I never, ever, even in 2017, thought I was going to make any money off of it. Um, so in 2015, it was like, let's put out a few videos because I'm bored. And then in 2016, I, I don't even know... Um, I don't, I don't think I did uh, more than three videos a week uh, that summer. 
So it was pretty spaced out. Um, but it was still just like, Hey, people like talking about this stuff. I'm doing this research anyways. Like I might as well just put together some videos for fun. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, obviously, trying to get to a thousand subscribers. If you don't know a thousand subscribers now, I don't know how it worked back then. That's when you can get paid. Obviously, paid quotation marks. If you have a thousand subscribers, you're really not getting paid, but technically you can. Yeah. So, how long did it take for you to get to a thousand subscribers? Did it happen back in like 2015, or did it take longer to, until you started releasing more videos, like in 2017? Yeah. So, so back then you could get paid instantly, but oh, okay. it's like you said, it's like you get paid, but like. YouTube pays out like a hundred bucks. And like, if you're not at a, a thousand subscribers, like the odds that you're going to like try and get up to a hundred bucks or get more than that is like pretty low anyways. So it's not that big of a deal that like they're not paying under thousand subs. Um, and I think there's like a watch, a watch time thing now, like you need to be watched for a certain amount of time, but there were no rules like that back in the day. Um, but yeah, I actually, I, I wrote down some of this stuff. So, uh, 2015, no, we, we just made those few videos. I don't know. We probably like 20 or 30 subs. Uh, wasn't anything uh, in 2016 that's when we switched to like a few videos a week there was no I don't think there was any sort of sketch uh, set schedule it yeah. was just like let's make a few during the week um, and then stop at week one I don't think I did in season videos um, and we made it to a thousand by like that uh, that like you know in August when it kind of picks up in like that mid to early August I think yeah. that's when we hit a thousand and then we hit two thousand like later that month before week one so the jump to 1,000 took like the summer basically leading up to mid-August and then hit 2,000 at the end of uh, that year. Yeah. Or at the end that, of week one, I didn't make videos during the year. Yeah, that, that honestly makes a lot of sense. That's exactly how mine went as well. I went from literally like, I had like 10 in June, July. I had like 100. And then in August, I went from 100 to 1,000 in like three seconds. And then I hit 3,000 in like September. And then it, it just like kind of pitters down because people aren't watching as much. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how it works. Uh, like getting, getting those initial, like even like 500 subs is so hard because like when you put a video out now, you have your base that's initially just watching it and that's just going to pump up the video. It's going to help you in suggested. At the beginning, no one is watching it. So you yeah. need 100% of your views to come from browsing. And why would your video with no subscribers rank ahead of like the footballers and stuff? Like it's just not going to. So you need yeah. like luck basically to where people are just like, come across your video and then you need them to sub and you need them keep watching. It's a lot harder. Yeah, exactly. It is very hard now. Obviously you got in much earlier, so that definitely is beneficial to that. So do you think that you were one of the first to start making fantasy football videos? Because I noticed back then in like 2015, really no one was doing that. Yeah, no, no one was making them consistently from what I remember. I wish I had st like started like seven days a week in, in 2015 because we'd be so much bigger right now uh but i don't think anyone was doing uh i know the the footballers started off i think podcasting more than anything and mm -hmm. i think that's around the range where they started yeah um, i don't know that it was too much before that um but specifically on youtube um i don't think there was really anyone that was putting out like consistent content other than just like a few videos here and there that like was on some other platform yeah it's crazy how things have changed like obviously that was 2015 now it's 2020 just five years later now you type in fantasy football there's a zillion videos being uploaded every day even in april so it's just yeah. completely different so obviously we talked about how you're working at walgreens but were there any other setbacks that really hurt you when you're trying to make content besides that and obviously the college stuff 
Um, there were, we never ran into any issues. Uh, like, like obviously, like I said, in college, I just, that was just a personal choice. I just didn't feel like making videos. Um, mm -hmm. the one like problem, I guess we've run into was, uh, the, the deem or the strikes, I guess, against the channel last May, Some, sometime mm -hmm. in May, uh, that was the whole like links thing with DraftKings. So mm. they just like decided overnight that any video that has a link from DraftKings, they're just going to hit, hit you with a strike and not tell you about it. And so like we had no idea. And then they never even actually came out and said that was the problem. But that was the only issue because then we were obviously down for a week. Like a lot of people were because uh, we had the partnership with DraftKings um, where like, you know, if you sign up through, we did, if you sign up through DraftKings, like they'll give you an account on our site. And so we obviously wanted the link in the description, but we had no idea they were going to pass that rule. But other than that, uh, we haven't had any sort of, any sort of setbacks with making the content or anything. Oh, okay. Here, I, this is just a question is not even on the show sheet, but this is just a general question. Do you edit your videos? Do you edit them at all? Or does someone else edit them? Uh, so like if Dare makes a video, he edits. And if I make a video, I'll edit. Um, uh -huh. but I guess it depends on the video. So like we do mock draft Monday, uh, every Monday and I don't edit that at all. I literally just do the mock draft. Um, I mean, I'll, a little, I'll clip like the first five seconds when I'm like setting up the, you know, the video and like the final, like five seconds when I'm like closing things, but nothing in between is ever, I don't think I've ever edited one of those. Mm -hmm. Um, but all other videos, basically what I do is I'll record in audacity, uh, just to get like the audio and then I'll throw it into Sony Vegas and uh, most of the time I'm just putting pictures. Sometimes I'll add in uh, video, but not like video of football, but like video of me. Uh, but the majority of my videos is just uh, audio. And then I slap on uh, any sort of picture that looks like what I'm talking about, basically. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. And for the people at home, you said you don't include football videos. And the reason for that, at least I think I know why, is because you put that on your video and you're going to get struck down by Mr. Roger Goodell. He's going to hit you hard. Even if you show like three seconds of Derrick Henry running the ball, they, it's, that's just how it works. Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever tried to put some video in there and yeah, get hit? So um, that is exactly what happens. Uh, YouTube has an algorithm that will, they'll pick up exactly what you showed. It's not going to work hundred percent of the time. So you might be able to get away with like one video that has like a few seconds of some clip, but the algorithm is going to find like, Hey, that was a Carolina, game like clearly and they'll, they'll even put like exactly they'll be like this is a week three game from the panthers uh in your uh um do you have like a strike section i guess i don't yeah. think anymore they give out strikes for that and it's the same with music so like say someone puts copyrighted music on their video uh you're not going to get a strike for that anymore but you're not going to get paid for it um which for some people is fine if the video already wasn't monetized or anything uh, and it's the same thing with NFL. Like they're going to, YouTube's going to say, Hey, this is not your content. Uh, you cannot monetize this video. So it's not, not really worth throwing in a few seconds of, of video footage, but they used to strike you. I don't think they do anymore. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so either. Cause my, my friend, he does like film breakdowns and they just, you just can't monetize it. But I just think it's funny how like you can put like three seconds of a song in your video and then the video's 50 minutes long, but that now you make no money off of it. It's just kind of messed up how YouTube does it. Obviously, if you guys listen to like podcasts, like 
any podcast that doesn't have a YouTube page, they'll put music in there and it's perfectly fine because they don't care. Like the podcast networks like Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, they don't give a, they don't care at all what you do. But whereas YouTube, they, yeah. they just hate you. If you for whatever you do, you do something mildly wrong and you just get struck down. Like they probably struck me down just for saying this. That's just how it works. Yeah, so. they, they were like, he was about to say something uh, there that was negative about YouTube. Nope. <laughs> that was like strike down your video, the closer mm-hmm. channel. Like YouTube yeah. is awful. It's so yeah, no, it is, it is, but it's, it's the best place to grow. Right, for me, it was the best place to grow because I don't like writing. So that's just why. No, no. And, and it's the only, right now, realistically, if someone were to start uh, a company, it's the only place that you can grow. Like if you if you think that you're going to just make a podcast and put it on iTunes and you're going to make money off of that, like it's going to take you years, like a long time to make anything and grow any sort of base. Like we don't even get that many views on podcasts, like practically none. So YouTube is just so unique with like how someone with zero subscribers can just instantly start growing that like you just have to start on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. It's funny because I have like at thirty. I was getting like thirty thousand views this month. I've gotten and on podcast, I've gotten a hundred listens. Like, how does that correlate at all? It makes like no sense. But that's just how it is because I don't push the. Do you push your podcast at all? Like out on the. Do you like try to make people go to it or no? Um, we have. I'm not even sure it's on the. So like when when I start a video, we have like the intro come in, and then I always have this one thing that's like, follow us on Twitter, basically. Yeah. And I think it might have the podcast um name down there. Um, and sometimes in videos I'll shout out because like I listen to podcasts instead of listening to them on YouTube because like I'll listen when I'm running or when I'm working out or doing something and I hate the YouTube app. So I'll listen to a podcast and that's basically what I tell people. I'm like, if you want to listen to us, listen to us on, on iTunes, even though I make obviously less money off that because I make no money off that. Like, I just think it's better. That's the only time I'll ever shout it out. And like you said, like there, since there's no organic growth on iTunes or Spotify, I mean, I think when I push out um, a video right now, I mean, it'll get downloaded like 200 times or something like that. Like yeah. it just, no one watches it. Yeah, no, it's just weird. It's crazy. Cause like on YouTube, if me and you made the similar video, like I could still get like close to the amount of, not really close, but realistically, like if your video got like a hundred thousand views, I could get like 50,000 views. But on yeah. if you upload a, the same podcast, yours will get like, Say if you, it was like a bigger podcast, that thing would get like a hundred thousand downloads and mine would get like seven. That's just how it works. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, and especially like, because obviously we know the people who dominate like the podcast world and they're not going to move from the top. So you have to be actively searching for our podcast to find it. Right. Yeah. Like no one, no one is searching fantasy football, scrolling down like 30 podcasts to find mine and be like, I wonder what this is. Like that's just, no one's going to do that. So they literally have to be like, oh, I know who this is. I'll go find it. Whereas in YouTube, like this video, someone could click this video after watching like one of Nick's breakdowns of someone else and have no idea who you are, but it's suggested to them. Nothing happens like that in podcasts, so you can't grow. Yeah, exactly. It, it's crazy. I, I think honestly, like you said, if you anyone's new listening to this, they want to try to make it in fantasy, you have to make a YouTube channel. Right? Do, have you ever written before? Have you ever tried doing that? Um, yeah, but basically like I listen to all of our subscribers, like what they think. I'm always asking them like, what kind of content do you want? And whenever I say, Hey, I have this new idea for like an article or, Hey, I'm going to show you guys this article. And obviously like I can see how many people click the articles on the site. 
um, people want video. Like no one, no one wants to read anything anymore. Like I, last year, I still did um, the DFS breakdowns every week, but that was just because, uh, I don't know, I told people I would do it and I finished the year. I don't think I'm going to do that anymore because it's so time consuming making an article. And like, I like writing, but at the end of the day, if 500 people are going to read an article and you're going to make no money off of it, and you're not going to gain any new subscribers or anything like it's just just make a video like people yeah. want to watch a video people want to listen they don't want to read <laughs> yeah that, that's so true i it's crazy how many people try to get in like writing and that just doesn't work because you how to grow writing is just it takes the luck on youtube times a million like youtube is all based on luck but writing is based on someone like big somehow seeing it and like retweeting it or something for yeah. you to get the only way they all that's exactly true like the only way if you think you're going to like write for a site, first of all, they're not going to pay you. Like no site is going to pay you to write unless you're like Scott Barrett. Like that's the only, that's the <laughs> only way you're going to get paid. And uh, the only way is like you consistently make this awesome content. And then one day a huge person on Twitter retweets you and you get like a little bump in following. But I mean, you're still not even going to grow that much from there. So why not just make a video? <laughs> exactly and if you're gonna write why don't you just make a video on what you wrote you can easily do that as well and it's more personable like if you write something i still don't know who you are like obviously if it's really good i'm gonna like consistently follow you but even me like the amount of research that i do i read evan silva's uh his like matchups breakdown because it's like the best that there is and then um i don't know if you know jm from the one week season he's mm -hmm. like strictly dfs but I use it because he like in-depth breakdowns every game and he's like a genius. But those are the only two things that I read. And this is like my job. So imagine someone who it's not their job, like they don't want to read anything. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Especially like fantasy articles, like some of them, they get so in-depth. Like obviously it's much easier to listen to me or you talk 30 minutes about Aaron Jones than read 30 paragraphs about Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers and all that included in there. It's just... It's crazy, but uh, I want to now talk about where you are at now. So as we began to talk about your channel, uh, now we're going to pivot towards now. I just re said what I just said. So do you feel like making videos feels like a job? Even It is your job, obviously, but does it feel like a job or does it still feel like, you know, you're all happy, you know, it's, it's a hobby, this like, kind of like mm -hmm. that? Yeah, no, it, it's technically a job because like if I don't make the videos, then I'll go like bankrupt. But like, like it does, it obviously never feels like it. Like you're never putting record or pressing record and you're like, oh man, I have to record this dumb video today. Like this is awful. Like I'm just recording a video about some dudes I like in football. Like yeah. it definitely doesn't feel like a job. Uh, and I, there have been uh, pieces of content that I haven't liked making or um, videos that I just don't enjoy. And yeah. every single year I go through uh, and even like after I, I do that, like if I have it scheduled again, I'll just like delete it. And like, I'll just be like, nope, not doing this again. Um, I'll take content off of the website and be like, I don't like making this. Um, and typically people know. So like if I'm producing content and I hate it, people can tell easily that I didn't like making it. And if I don't, if I hate it, it means it probably wasn't that useful and people didn't like it anyways. So yeah. I only produce content that I like making and that's how it doesn't feel like a job at all. Okay, so this question obviously goes hand in hand with this. So since you said that, have you never really felt burnout at all from making the videos? Oh no, no, I still do. Like oh. <laughs> you're, st you're still gonna you're still gonna feel it. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Not not in the off season. So like now through week one, I don't really feel it at all. I feel like that has something to do with it. Like it's summer at that point. So like it, let's say let's say this happened in the winter and like it's dark outside when I finish and I can't go outside and stuff. Like I feel like I'm gonna feel burnout a little bit more. But since it's summer, like even if I'm working all day, I can still like go out and like do something yeah. at night. And so you just don't feel it as much. Uh, but then definitely once week one hits uh you're a little bit drained because like you've been producing content like seven days a week for months Mm -hmm. uh and then i feel a big hit maybe like two months into the season so like maybe around like week seven or eight because at that point it's like you know the first four or five weeks of the season we're learning who players are uh new players pop up uh we're doing all these trades and stuff once you kind of hit two months in we know who everyone is we we know how teams are operating and i just feel like the videos aren't as helpful and so maybe it can get a little more draining to make uh, a trade video when i've included the exact same players for like five straight weeks to be like hey you should still be trading for miles sanders this week like it's, it's tough to keep telling people the exact same thing it's like i feel like they've gotten it at this point but so you, you get a little bit trained like two months into the season and then you just toast at the end of the year. Yeah, no, I, I literally brought in someone now for next year to do the trade video with me because I did it from weeks one through six. And I just said week seven, I'm like, I am not doing this. This I've told these people to pick up, to try to trade for the same players. Like you said, two weeks in a row, I'm done with this. I'm so, it's so boring because you have to research all this stuff just to say the same stats as like last week. It's just very annoying. And like you said, once to me, the worst was around then because I had midterms and then towards the end of the season when it was week 17 and I don't play in week 17, but I still make the videos because people play week 17 and I just felt so drained. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to watch these games. I'll tell you who to start. I'm going to sleep on Sunday. I don't care about these games. So I hope you do good with what I think will happen. So do you do week 17 at all or no? So no, it was funny. You brought that up. I, um, obviously, you know, uh, views will like, very slowly every single week you just see like a a little chunk that goes away basically as people are don't care about the videos anymore because like their team is fine or because their team stinks and they're just like done uh but once you hit like week 15 16 like people are still watching i made the uh free agency video i think that goes out on like monday or tuesday um Mm -hmm. and almost no one watched it and i'm like absolutely not I'm, I am not making another video like this week. Like no one is playing in week 17. And if they are like, they're just going to leave a comment in a different video and I'll answer it. Or they'll ask me a question in a chat or something. and I'll answer it. But like, I'm not working 40 hours to get like 3000 views on like five different videos. Like it's just, it's just not worth it. I'm done. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly how I agree. Because my videos were like, they go at the, it's, it's the same for pretty much every single fantasy YouTuber. At the beginning of the season, it was like, well, I'm smaller than you, obviously. So I was getting like 4,000 to 1,000 views a video, which is very good for having 3,000 subscribers or 2,000 at the time. And then it was going up, up, up. And then by like week five, it just starts slowly decreasing. Then by when you hit like yeah. week 15, 16, once the playoffs start, then like half the people are just out because they didn't make the playoffs. So another thing I want to talk about actually is how do you deal with like negativity in the comments? Because I've noticed this. I don't give a fuck at all what people say to me. Like if they say, oh, my team sucks because of you, whatever. I don't care. I mean, like I tried to help you. I tried to give you all this advice. And if I was wrong on some things, everyone's wrong. So 
I try to help you. So how do you deal with those kind of comments with the people they'll go after you? They'll be say, Nick is an idiot. Nick is this, Nick is that. Yes. How do you feel about that? Uh, it, like you said, you just have to like not worry about it at all. Um, obviously, uh, maybe 2017, 2018, um, I was trying to answer like every comment in the comment section. Cause like I was obviously getting a ton less comments. So it's a lot easier to do. Um, and so you scroll through and you see just like egregious hate and, it's, and sometimes hate on things that like you clearly had no control over. Like a dude will tear his ACL and people will like blame you for it. And you're like, I didn't tear his ACL like he did. This is not my fault. Um, but I think because a huge thing I preach on the channel is process over results, like doing things and making decisions that you feel are correct and you can back up and you think are just the right move to where if things go wrong, you can at least look back and be like, you know what? I think I was right. And like, sometimes you will be wrong. Like you'd be like, no, that actually was the incorrect choice. But since I do that so much and I'm providing so much evidence for everything that I say, I feel like I get a little bit less of people being like, that's just a dumb take because people see that. Uh, yeah. But there is so much negativity on YouTube. Like, I don't even look at the comment section a lot now. Um, there are videos that I do specifically where I'm like, I am looking at the comments cause like I'm answering questions or this yeah. is content for like another video. Um, but for the most part, I mean, if I make a video and it gets like a thousand comments, like I'm not scrolling through all the comments and like answering all these people who are like, your team's terrible. Like I'm just gonna scroll right through that. And I'm like, cool, like I don't care. And also, there's a neat little thing on uh, YouTube called hide person from channel. I yeah. would use that uh, because some people like, like not if someone has one bad comment, I'm not gonna say anything, but if I notice someone is just hateful in every single video, I don't care. Cause I'll just hide them from the channel. So it's fine. <laughs> no, that, ma that makes a lot of sense. Now, obviously I didn't, I don't have as many subscribers as you, obviously. So I was getting like a hundred questions a day and I was just answering them. And then now I realize like if I grow at all, before next season that will be impossible to do i don't know how anyone has the time to sit there and answer like i would just do it during class like i'd be sitting in history class let me answer your question this that or the other thing and i don't know if you get any of these comments the funniest ones is like uh, i release rankings videos every week so i'd be like who's the top 10 running backs and then i have like uh derrick henry one slot below say aaron jones and aaron jones finishes two points ahead of him i lost because you told me to start aaron jones over derrick henry and then it's like, what are you talking about? Like, how does one, like, how does that make you lose? Like you probably messed up somewhere else too. And it's just funny to see the comments that are like that because they really think they're going to get at you by doing it. When in reality in your head, you're just like, I've seen this a thousand times. I don't care. I'm trying to help that. You're trying to help them. So it's just weird. Yeah. Those are, those are the best, especially when um, I actually, I try to not do start sit videos because I don't think, I think there's so much that goes into a start sit question that like, you can't just tell me the names of two players that I'm supposed to tell you exactly what you should be doing. Like there, there's so much else that goes into that decision that I would need to see your team. I'd need to talk to you about it. Um, but what bugs me sometimes is when I'll have a guy ranked 30 and another one ranked 31. So these dudes are identical. Like yeah. th their projection should be the same. Their range of outcome is probably the same. And like, yeah, they'll, they'll score like one point different they'll be like, I lost because you had that in the rankings. And I'm like, you should not be making certain decisions on people who are right next to each other. At that point, this needs to be on you. Like I get it if I rank someone five versus 50 yeah. and then it switches. 
it's like, okay, yeah, I was off by a few on that one. Uh, but then in reality, like I think people hate um, when I, I'll be like, um, maybe like a wide receiver one, I'll have ranked ahead of like a wide receiver four, because obviously, right. You, yeah. would, you would do that every time. And then the four just gets two touchdowns and it's my fault. And it's like, in what world were you starting this like backup wide receiver ahead of DeAndre Hopkins? Like I was right. It just didn't turn out right, you know? And some people just don't get that. Yeah, it's like the the three games a year when Will Fuller goes off and then people get pissed off at you. Oh my God, yeah. why didn't you tell me to start Will Fuller? Like he literally blows up three times a season and that's what yeah. you're going to get from him. You just have to literally decide when it's going to be. The reason why I continue to make the start sit videos is because I try to explain like, if you want a more floor play, you play this guy. If you want more of a ceiling, you go with this guy because I think that helps. But even then, it is a bit dicey because, like, you don't necessarily know, like you said, who they're starting in their lineup, like what they really need. So that's why the comment section is helpful. So obviously you talked about off-season content before. So do you feel like you enjoy making the off-season content more than the in-season or do you feel it's about the same? Yes. No, I like off-season more than in-season just because of how monotonous it is like mm-hmm. off season you're going to do repeat videos because like so many things change from like yeah. if i make a video in may like i kind of need to do some sort of update video or even like a news video like it's going to be different every time yeah but um in season it's like you do start sit or you do you do waiver wire to start the, the week and then you're doing trade stuff and then you're doing uh like players to start and it's just like the same thing every week <laughs> And then, like we said earlier, it's the same trade targets. A lot of times it's the same free agent guys. It's just not that exciting. Uh, And a lot of times you're saying information that everyone knows. But off-season, that's when you get to talk about, like, the strategy of fantasy football or some people that no one's talking about or some people to fade. And, like, there's just so many different types of videos that I'll look at the schedule and I'll be like, oh, these are, like, these are really cool. These are really helpful. Whereas you look at the schedule during the season, it's like, I guess, I guess this is helpful, obviously, but it's not as, as interesting. Yeah, it's like during the season, it's like the repetition. It's the same videos every single week going out, whereas in the offseason, you can do whatever you want. Like you do Mock Draft Monday. Obviously, Mock Draft Monday makes sense because, you know, it's Mock Draft Monday, you know, Monday, Mock Draft, similar. Obviously, that's why you did it clearly. But <laughs> what's funny is I know you upload Mock Drafts on Monday, so I just don't upload one on Monday. I just push it back. So, you know, you get your views, and then, then people wait, and then yeah. they'll get mine yeah. on, like, Wednesday or something. Because that, that – Nick does that too. Like he won't put it out the same day usually that I do. Obviously we, we don't like compare schedules or anything, but it would just make no sense for us to both put a mock draft out the exact same time, especially with our base being like the exact same people. Yeah. That, that, that is funny because there are certain channels that they have the exact same viewership. Like me and Nick Urcolano, his channel, I see the same commenters in my channel as on his. I see some of my commenters in your video and I'm like, holy shit, that's crazy. But then there's like other channels where I don't see anyone. Like I'll go watch some other fancy YouTuber and no one in this comment, I have no idea who they are. So it's just kind of funny how like there's like niches of people's videos yeah. that people watch. So definitely, they're definitely are. Yeah, for sure. So obviously we just talked about the off season being more enjoyable for you. So do you feel like fantasy football is still as enjoyable as it used to be when you were younger? Or does it feel like stressful now? Because I kind of feel, I think it's still fun, but now I'm like more stressed out, like watching the game and be like, Oh my God, if this guy I said was going to do amazing, if he sucks, <laughs> yeah. they're going to be on my head. <laughs> on yeah. Monday. Um, so yeah. Uh, I think that obviously I still love fantasy football, but it's weird to say if, if someone told me um, you're not allowed to play fantasy this year, 
I honestly wouldn't care at all. Like, like that, that, that's going to surprise like so many people. But if someone said, Hey, you're like banned from fantasy football, you can't play. Cause I only play in, um, I play in two money leagues with like family and friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think I did like a subscriber league last year and that's it. I'm only in three leagues. Um, and it's for like a total of like a hundred bucks for oh. buy-ins. Like I'm not in like these big leagues and I, I like making the videos, producing the content, doing the research more than actually playing fantasy football. And that seems weird, but like I would be fine if I could never play fantasy football again because I like uh, the grind of uh, researching these players. Like I like I like helping other people win their leagues so much more. Like if you would guarantee me that like 50% of my audience won their leagues, but I would never make the playoffs again in a heartbeat. Like I don't, yeah. I don't care when my teams make the playoffs and get like third place. Like, I really don't care that much, but I love when I make a video that says Lamar Jackson's like the best pick in fantasy and a ton of people win their fantasy leagues. And they're like, thank you so much. Like that's so much better to me than me winning some $20 league with my friends. Like I don't care. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I completely agree. Those combats at the end of the year are the best where the people are like, Oh my God, I won because of you because of this video. I did the same thing. I suggested, I made a videos on Lamar Dak and Josh Allen and they were all top 10 and people were like, Oh my God, I remember watching this video. You said this, you said that. And it's just very nice to read things like that. Considering those same people probably hated you four weeks ago and then they won. <laughs> so it's just funny. <laughs> They're the same people that were like, you can't draft Lamar. He might get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Now, I'm going to pivot here real quick to talking about like the fantasy industry as a whole. So the fantasy industry has obviously loads of people and we talked about this before. There's people who write, there's people who make podcasts, make videos, people do all types of things. There's some people who do TikToks about it. So do you draw any inspiration from any analyst? And if so, how do you kind of incorporate what they do into your own videos or when you're writing articles or podcasts, all that? Yeah. So when I started, the only person that I um, read about and listened to was Matthew Berry, which like everyone basically starts out listening to him. Um, I don't, so I like the, um, the fantasy focus podcast is like probably the best uh, fantasy football podcast out there. Um, But it wasn't when I started um, as big as it is right now. Um, It was like a pretty small podcast. If it even, when I very, when I first started, I don't think it was a thing. Um, Uh But I definitely, I definitely started with him. Um, and then like, uh, I do sports betting and stuff. So like Levitan was big in like DraftKings stuff. Um, and of course he joined up with Evan Silva and I already like Evan Silva was like my favorite guy, uh, from when he was at Roto world. Um, but it was basically now it's like a mixture of Silva, Levitan, uh, jam one week season. Um, I like, uh, Matt Kelly, the Roto underworld, but only, like dynasty. Cause like, I know nothing about dynasty. So yeah. I always lean on like his information because that's pretty much like the go-to for dynasty for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, obviously like field Yates with, with Matthew Barry. Uh, but that's like my core that I'll listen to. And I don't even like, maybe if I had to guess each off season, I'll listen to like maybe seven episodes of the fantasy focus. And like, I'll listen, I'll read some articles that Silva puts out, uh, but overall, I don't actually read as much content, I bet, as people think. Like, I'll listen to these podcasts, but um, I, I draw inspiration from that group, basically, and not too much outside of that group. 
Okay, that that makes a lot of sense. So you're saying you really don't watch a lot of like content in the off season. You try to just build your own opinions. Yeah, it, it's mostly my own opinion. But like like I said with Matt Kelly, like if if I say something about Dynasty, it probably was drawn from something that he said or something like on the site because like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll research like the statistics on players still. Um, yeah. But in watching other people's content, like I don't have time to watch like every video that all these people are putting out because that would take like, I don't know, three, four, five hours a day. And like, I have to produce my own content and I don't want to be biased either by just saying what other people say. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. During the, before I started making videos, I was watching, like I was listening to like a million fancy podcasts a day. Now, like right now I listen to maybe during the week, I was in like five videos from like five, like I watch one of your videos. I watch someone else's video. That's about it. Cause I don't have enough time. If I'm making seven videos a week, I don't have time to listen to everything and then like you said you don't want to try to base your i don't want my videos to sound exactly like yours and just steal all of your opinions because how stupid is that <laughs> like that's just dumb yeah. so yeah it's and some people don't understand that as well some people think oh you could just become an analyst you can just draw off of other people's opinions you really can't because people just notice that i'm spewing the same thing you spew or something like that mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and, okay. and you're not going to be like if you just listen to someone and you try and like regurgitate everything they say like you're going to one, forget a lot of the things they said. And then your take will be done in like two seconds. Cause you'd be like, yeah, I like this guy. Cause like, he's got a new team. He's got a good quarterback. And then you'll be like, I don't remember what else that person said, but like, he's good. And people are like, okay, that, that's neat. But if like you do your own research and you know the players, well then like people are much more likely to listen to you. Cause you can just like go off the top of your head on things you like about the player. Yeah. And that's, what's funny is like I, most of the time for my videos, I don't have any of the stats like really written down, like in front of me that I'm staring at, but it's, it's just funny how like when you get into like August, you'll just be reading some guy's stats just off your head. Like you'll just remember exactly how many touchdowns Chris Carson had in 2018 or something. You just remember it somehow. Yeah. You'll, you'll know the like expected touchdowns that Aaron Jones had last season and like exactly how lucky that means he was. And like, like obviously like, I mean, I don't know those exact numbers right now, uh, but I bet you at the end of August, I could tell you exactly how many expected touchdowns he had uh, going into or after last season and how lucky different players were and like exactly how many yards per carry after contact or like what percent of uh, Damian Williams uh, yards came on like four long runs. Like it's yeah. crazy what you can just pull right from your head at the end of the season <laughs> exactly like you'll just somehow remember like what Dak Prescott's touchdown percentages like where it's like the ratio of touchdowns yeah. to passes that percentage you'll just remember that somehow it's it's crazy so the next thing I want to talk about here it's still talking about the fantasy industry is right now the fantasy football industry is pretty high there's a lot of people playing fantasy football there's like DFS Dynasty Devi, all these things so do you think that right now we are at like the apex the peak of where we're going to be or do you think you can go even higher than where we are right now um I think, I think it depends on what you're talking about, like which area. So like mm-hmm. Dynasty definitely has a lot of room to grow because there is a lot of people who have never played in a Dynasty League. Um, yeah. So I think that is a lot of room for growth, although um, that's like down the line. Like I don't think just like next year there's just going to be this influx of Dynasty players. I think slowly that's going to grow over time, but the majority of people just want to play in a season-long league with their friends. Like that's what the most people want. Um, yeah. I think what could explode in the next like three to five years is sports betting because that's like becoming legal everywhere and not necessarily that 
like that content's going to grow on YouTube because I still think um, the market for that is just too low right now. Um, But I think a lot of people, like once it's legal in every single state, once there's like no restrictions on content for it, I think people are going to be like, hey, like I kind of want to put some money on like a team this week and watch it because it is kind of fun to just be like, I think instead of being like, I think Devonta Adams is going to do well, so I'll play my DFS lineup. It's more fun to just be like, I think the Packers are going to win. Like, it's just so much more fun to root for a team than to try and pick a specific player that's going to do well and, like, create a lineup. Uh, And I think DFS has hit the point where it's pretty much peaked. I don't think anyone big new is just going to, like, launch DFS up anywhere. So I think that's peaked. Um, I think Dynasty is going to kind of slowly go up, but that sports betting is going to explode. But it's going to take, like, three, five, seven years for that to happen. Uh, But I think uh, season-long – I don't think it's peaked, but I think um, it's slowly going to grow, just not like explode or anything because so many people already do it. It's not like there's room for it to explode. Uh, But I think more and more people are going to look for content on it uh, just pretty slowly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you're talking about sports betting, obviously I live in New Jersey, so it's legal. I'm not 21 yet. I turned 21 next month and I was planning on betting like $200 on the whatever game was going to be played that day. But I guess I can't anymore because there probably won't be any games, which would be quite sad. I'll probably have to bet on like a horse race or something. But with that said, you really do believe that sports gambling is going to become like really big because I honestly think so too. Yeah. It's just like right now, it's just, it's tough for people because you basically have to go to like, if it's not legal in your state, then you have to go to like these kind of shady websites and they're going to charge you like 20% to put in, 20% yeah. to pull out. And you're going to have to play like 15 X what you put in just to pull anything out. So you need to be incredible just to get any money out of it. Like yeah. um, I think I put in uh, my bookie at one point and I deposited $300 and they said, uh, not only are they going to take like a chunk on each like side, but I have to play $4,500, play $4,500 just to get any of it out. That's crazy. like, yeah, it was nuts. Cause I thought I was just going to play some things for a Super Bowl, and then I won, but they're like, no, 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 no. You got to play so much more. And I'm like, well, this is dumb. But like when DraftKings is going to be legal everywhere, I mean, DraftKings is easy. You put your money in instantly. They don't take any sort of cut in any sort of cut out. It's the same sort of odds. So I think it's going to be bigger once it's like, easy for everyone to do it yeah that makes a lot of sense especially now with like all the apps on your phone like i live in new jersey so it's all legal so you could download like once i turn 21 you can download FanDuel, all these other what FanDuel, DraftKings. there's a bunch of bookies by me so now yeah. talking about more of the future where you're going to go in the future so looking towards the future what is your next big goal to hit obviously you already have a, a load of subscribers so what, what's your next goal um so yeah every year uh, around this time, I usually go through and I'll make projections on like realistically what we could hit. And then a goal will just be like a little bit more than that. Uh, haven't done that yet, okay. but I think a, a, like a goal, not numbers wise for me is for the website to like have traffic. That's not just people who get my rankings. Like, obviously I'm always going to get the traffic of people who want the rankings, go to the rankings every week, but I would like the website because like I have like a bunch of free data that like I've compiled from a bunch of different sites that like probably not a lot of people know about right now because I haven't really pushed it out yet um but that like a lot of people can use and it would be really cool for people to use um but I want to see traffic on the site 
It's not just people looking for the rankings. I think that's one of the goals for this season. Um, obviously, it would be nice for like iTunes, Spotify to have more than like 200 downloads per per video. Like I want them to actually have something because like if something happens to YouTube, I mean, we're, we're toast basically, right? Yeah. So I, I want like, I would like uh, those to be to be a little bit bigger. Um, I think it'd be cool. Like we're obviously going to go over a hundred thousand subs this year. Um, we basically like double. That's kind of like what it looks like every year. Um, so maybe like 150 K would be the goal. Um, but like uh, a 10 year goal, like if we got that 1 million, that'd be sick. Like if there were a million people subscribed to our channel in like 10 years, that'd be really cool. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, that, that, I don't know that it has that sort of upside because I don't know if there's that many people watching it, but it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to ask you is, do you think that there will ever be like a fantasy channel that is, has a million subscribers? Because a lot of people argue, like you just said, like, you know, it's kind of a, it's a niche. So technically it can't hit that. But I think technically someone, whether it's you, whether it's the footballers, whether, whether someone else will eventually hit 1 million subscribers, I think. So yeah, it's possible. I don't think it'll be like a million active subscribers. So like, I don't think there's ever going to be a YouTuber where, they have like a million people who are watching these videos to where like if they put out start sit, a million people are watching that video. I don't think that's ever going to happen, but because like plenty of people subscribed to me like two years ago are still subscribed, but like they're not watching the content anymore. So maybe mm -hmm. someone hits a million and very likely it would be the footballers because they already have like what 175. I don't know. They're already like yeah. a year or two ahead of everyone else. Um, and I think uh, like you, you see the growth, it'll be like double, double, double every year, maybe even like more than double when it's starting out. But then there's going to be that point where it's like, you're not going to double from like 250 to half a million. Like you're just not going to find that many people. But I think it's possible. I think 1 million is probably like pretty close to the peak, uh, but maybe YouTube becomes really big in a few years and it's possible. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. And it's funny when you look at the footballers because they have like, you said, what, 175,000 subscribers, but they get in like oh, on, their pot, on their podcast, they probably have like 300,000 followers or 500,000 followers because when you type in fantasy football, they're at the top and they're probably, the gap between them and whoever's below them is probably humongous. So. No, it, uh, it is. Like, and, and they've even, they've even said they, um, they produce their content, not for YouTube, like, and think about that. Like that's how many people are downloading their podcast is that they obviously want to make it good for YouTube, but their initial goal is always to make a podcast because they probably have, yeah, between 300,000 and 500,000 people are downloading that iTunes podcast or Spotify podcast. Yeah. It's, it's honestly unreal. The amount of numbers that, that they pull. Mm -hmm. Have you ever wanted, this is not even on the show sheet, but have you ever looked at how they make these like live in-person things would you ever want to do that if you got to that point no <laughs> that's just it's just not something that like I, I feel like for them that's a great idea um i think for for nick arcolano i think that's a good idea for like what he does um for me i feel like my base is so like like my brand is here's a video where i'm gonna tell you what you need to know I'm not going to fluff it up and make it like an hour and a half. I don't do hour long videos. Um, I think the longest would be like a 40 minute mock draft, but like the mock drafts are always longer because you have to yeah. talk about stuff. But like my content is usually like 12 to 15 minutes long because I know people don't want to listen to my content for too much longer than that. 
And it's just like, here's what you need to know. So for me to go out and do these like live shows, it's just like different than what like my brand is, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but that that's kind of like what, what, and even with the, the website, like I built the website to be like, if you buy a package right now, you're good to go in 20 minutes. Like in 20 minutes, you can dominate your draft and be a lot better than people who are not researching. Like if you want to spend the next week actually reading everything, you can, but it's designed to where if you get it, you can instantly be fine. And that's what, that's what I like about what we do. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And what's funny is you said you like to make the videos above like 12 to 15 minutes. And what most people don't know is if you click on a video and the video has like an outro that's like someone talking for like a minute, it's because they need to get to 10 minutes to make the video, get an ad in the middle of it. I mean, obviously, you know that the, the audience definitely doesn't know that. If I'm talking for an extra minute at the end of my video, it's to get to that 10 minutes. I know it sounds like a dick move, but it just is because that's how you make the money, getting two ads in the video that likely people will watch. I just figured I should tell them that since a lot of people don't know that. Now, another question that is not also written yeah, on the show sheet. Also, um... Here you go. No, I would say some, something about that. Um, usually, like, I don't have a problem getting over the 10 minutes because, like, at this point, I just know how much information it takes to make, like, a 12 to 15-minute video. And usually it does feel a little bit short. If I make, like, an eight-minute video, people are like, I mean, that, that wasn't that much information. Um, yeah. So it's not usually hard to get over the 10-minute mark. And I've just found that people like 12 to 15 minutes because yeah. uh, they can go there during – what they're doing in the morning. They can do it even at work. I have a ton of people who listen to it at work and it just feels like, you know, five, seven, eight minutes is kind of short, but like 25 minutes is like, okay, you're talking about five players. Like you don't need to go this in depth. So it's just a good range. And then it happens to work out where 10 is the cutoff. We're getting that extra ad. So it works. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm more talking about when I first started off, cause I didn't really understand how to talk for like a super long time. So I just wanted to make the videos over 10 minutes. So I would do that, but now it's no problem for me to make a 20 minute long video. It was very easy. You just sit there, you just talk and it's very easy. So the question I wanted to ask you was what, what's the first thing you like bought for your YouTube channel? Was it your mic? Did you first buy or did you buy like the webcam or using like computer webcam? Cause mine's my computer. And that's why it doesn't look too good, but you can't really order one right now. I tried to order one. It'll take three <laughs> months for it to come to my house. I'm not even going to bother. So no. Yeah. Um, the only thing, the only two things I've ever bought are mics and webcam and, uh, the webcam I bought, um, a few months ago. Like I was used, I was just using the computer one and you can't tell because the only thing I really do that has just me on it is the mock drafts. And I'm, yeah. I'm in such a small box that like realistically the quality doesn't matter at all. Like, yeah even if you've got like 144p in the corner, like you just look like a person at, at one point. Uh, now I have one that I, I spent like 30 bucks on it. It's not anything crazy. I spent like 30 bucks on the mic. Like I don't, I don't spend money on anything for it. Um, obviously you need to spend money on like a website to just like host it. Um, but yeah, the first thing I think I bought was the mic because I didn't want to use uh, computer audio. Okay. The first thing I, I didn't even buy a mic until like uh, December. And I've, I look back now and I'm like that you're such a dummy. Like, why didn't you just buy the mic? Cause like the, I was using like my Xbox headset. So it didn't sound bad, but it didn't sound like what it sounds like now. And this thing was like $70. So I don't know why I just didn't buy it at first. So that was, just yeah. And I should upgrade my mic. Like I, I really should. I shouldn't I, like, I, it should be good quality and you can get a really nice mic for like what you said, like 70, 80, hundred bucks. 
Uh, like I probably shouldn't spend like 30, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the, the mic and like the stand is, I'm not going to hit the stand cause it'll like make a bunch of noise, but then the stand is like a hundred dollars total. So it's it's really nothing. Mm-hmm. In comparison yeah. to probably what most people assume that like when they look at like a microphone that looks like this, they might think this is like a $300 mic. It's just not. Yeah. They're not that expensive. <laughs> yeah. Unless you buy one, like, uh, like one of those real expensive ones that are like $300 and they have to plug it into some other port in your computer. You gotta like have like multiple things, yeah. which is, pr- is pretty yeah. funny. So now obviously we have talked about so much. We're going to get to the lightning round part of the video, but this isn't really, it's not really a lightning round because you can go on for as long as you want. We've been recording for like an hour. So you don't have, you're not stuck here forever, but the first question I have, if you could go back and change something about your career, being the fancy football, being a fantasy football analyst, what would it be? Like, what- um, definitely. Like I said earlier with the, uh, like I, I started in, you said like 2015 made like three videos that year. If I had started then yeah. making seven videos a week, especially when there was no one big on YouTube, like there were these smaller players. I mean, we'd probably be at like 300,000 subscribers at this point. Like that's not even an exaggeration. Uh, the content wouldn't have been as good because like, I didn't really know anything and I didn't have as much research as I have right now into everything surrounding videos. But I really wish I'd started that. Um, even like the, the website, I mean, the website's like half my income right now. I wish I'd started doing the draft. package. like the first year, I just gave it away for free. I was like, and I used some like pretty shady site. It was like, go to this site for like, download a link and you'd basically just get um, like an Excel sheet. Like that's just how I was giving people the rankings. And I think like 50,000 people downloaded the rankings in like a few weeks. And I was just giving away for free. And I did that and I'm like, huh, I bet you some of these people would have paid like five bucks to get my rankings. So probably missed out on a lot there. Uh, But I think the main thing is just making videos earlier on YouTube. Yeah, no, I, I feel that completely. I don't have a website. I'm going to try to sell my draft guide on Patreon necessarily. That might not be the best decision, might not be the worst, but I got a lot of people asking me last year for a draft guide. So I was just sending people like my draft guide, like on Twitter, they'd be like, hey, can you, how, do you have a draft guide that you sell? No, here's my link. And I just sent it to them. There you go. There's the draft guide on my Excel sheet. But I should have started selling that. That's probably something everyone regrets. They're going to regret not trying to push stuff earlier than they could have. Like you said, I started, I made my first video in 2018. And I just stopped. So looking back, I'm like, why did you stop? You would be right now. I would be maybe at 10,000 subscribers instead of 3000. So it's just stuff like that. Now, obviously you talked about how you had a DraftKings sponsor at one point. So what would be your dream sponsor that you could land? Honestly, my dream sponsor is to not have a sponsor. Like I just, (laughs) I, I feel, I feel so gross like shouting out a video. I hated doing the my bookie one and I've already vowed to never do my bookie again because I just hate the, the website. It was just that like they they pay a lot. Like my if you get a sponsorship from my bookie, they'll pay you a decent chunk of change to do a video. Uh but yeah I've done the DraftKings sponsors, although DraftKings wasn't as much like a video sponsor as much like a um like I don't know how, how everyone knows how sponsorships work. So you can do um one type is cpm which is you get a sponsor you make a video and usually they cap it they'll be like hey i'll pay you 15 dollars per thousand views up until 15k and then like if it goes beyond that like i'm not paying you for anymore um Mm -hmm. that's one type but companies hate doing that companies want cpa which is like you get me people so like sleeper wants downloads and DraftKings wants signups 
So I feel better about doing something like that because I know the company's getting something. I know the person is like downloading something that they might use, but ultimately I just want to be self-sufficient. I don't want to have to shout anything out in a video. I want to start a video up and just go to content. I don't want to have to rely on some other company helping me out. And I think honestly, if this, I don't think we're going to do anything this year. Um, but if we did, it would probably be DraftKings again. Uh, but hmm. I don't even think this year, ideally I have no sponsors. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense because you see, obviously you talked about it, like my bookie, some of those sites are like shady when you, when it comes to like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And I wouldn't yeah. want to, I like, I have a sponsorship overlay DFS. They've made that's like DFS, but there's nothing shady about it. You just go on there. You pay, they'll pay you the next day. Yeah. It's something like that, but I don't feel comfortable at all accepting something that I know is just screwing over my audience because how would you feel if you were the audience and mm-hmm. then some guy you believed in told you to do this and that just takes their money. So I don't want to do something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it makes you yeah. look like a bad guy, even though in reality, you're just trying to make money because you're making no money off the videos at the beginning is what it feels like. Yeah. So. And like I, I did DraftKings and I do DraftKings because like that's the site I use. Like I much prefer DraftKings over FanDuel. I have my issues with DraftKings as they run as a company, but they're definitely better than FanDuel. They're definitely the best site that you can go to and know they're not paying me to say anything. Like it's just what I use. So it was natural to just be like, hey, if you guys want this option, it's just an extra option, go for it. So yeah, I'm yeah, fine with I, stuff like that. I feel the same way. My sponsor, they don't sponsor me right now. They don't pay me to say their name. And I said their name and I still retweet their stuff because of how nice they are to me and how I feel like they're actually not going to treat you like wrong or anything. So I just feel like it's fun to play on there. And if I wasn't sponsored by them and I knew about them, I would still play there. So who is the biggest bust you've ever drafted in fantasy football? I honestly, I had one and I completely forgot about it. So maybe yours will remind me <laughs> so uh i don't even know what what year this was this is probably i don't know four four or five years ago um it wasn't a draft bust as much as um it was a keeper so i had to draft the person in a certain round uh, yeah. but i had the choice between keeping antonio brown in the fifth round and this was like this was when the previous year he was going in that middle round into where he kind of shot up to more like a first round pick yeah. So when he was really good, we knew it was going to be really good. Or I could keep Zach Stacy in the final round. And Rams I chose to keep Zach Stacy in the <laughs> final round. And I think so, I dropped him in like week five. It was nuts. I was like, yeah. this was the wrong move. <laughs> I remember Zach Stacy. That guy was – he looked like he might have been good, and he was just garbage. But- he was good for like the final half of the season. And that was when I wasn't really doing – I wasn't making videos, I don't think, at that point. I was like, hey, I need a keeper. This is good value. He, like, helped me win. I think that was the year he, like, helped me win the championship. I was like, I'm going to keep this dude because, like, uh, that was, like, my strategy that year was um, – I think that was, like, the year I, like, did RB0. I was grabbing, like, all these stud wide receivers, and then Zach Stacy comes out of nowhere and just wins me my league because, like, no one can stop me now. Uh-huh. And uh, it, it did not work out for me. <laughs> Yeah, I think mine honestly might have been last year uh, in my big 14 team league with all my friends and my dad and my, a couple of my dad's friends we play. And since I was making these videos, I was so confident. I was like, oh my God, carry on Johnson's going to be a God. I'm going to pick him. And we all know how that turned out. So I'm pick 14 because I won last year and that's how we do it. You, if you win, you go to the last pick. So I picked carry on Johnson at, with the first pick and I picked Nick Chubb and I will never regret something more than doing that but it's because I felt so confident in him and I knew he wasn't going to come back to me because at that point carry on Johnson's hype was at the maximum everyone not everyone maybe you didn't believe in him most people really were believing in him I was like I got it I'm gonna do it 
And I'm going to laugh at everyone when I drafted him in the first round and it just completely fell apart. I, I came like 10th place. It was embarrassing. Yeah. It, usually it's these early picks that we regret. And that's why I like try and feel 100% confident in all of my early picks. But I just remember so vividly being like, I'm going to keep Zach Stacy," And then just like immediately regretting it like, as soon as the season started. Yeah, do you, do you ever get, like, uh, hounded by your league mates for not winning when, like, they're like, oh, my God, this this kid puts in so much effort. Like, he can't even win. What an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Like, my team did not do good last year. It was a – and that's the thing that frustrated me most. I had such a good team last year. And just, like, through the schedule and when injuries happened, I got so unlucky. And, like, I genuinely thought I had the best team in the league. But then I did not win. Like, not even come close to winning. And everyone's like, oh, this is like your job. How could you not win? It's like, well, listen, you can't win every time because it's a very random sport. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're never going to win every single time. Like in my league, I've won like two out of the last four. But that's like all based on luck as well. Just guys going, hitting on the right week. And the schedule thing you talk about is so funny because people get pissed off when they run against a team that has like, they'll score like 200 points. That team scores 210 and you were the two highest scoring points and you lose. That's like the worst thing yeah. ever. So... Yeah, that happened so much. Like, like last year, it was one of the best teams I've ever put together in that league. And I think I finished like seven and six or something like that. Just because like uh, when injuries happened, it was like, oh, here's like Tyreek Hill getting hurt. And then he's coming back. And now Saquon's hurt. And like, I mean, I had like, I had like Tyreek Hill, um, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, Barkley, Chubb. Tannehill to end the season, and I got crushed in a 12-team league. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the worst, honestly. And the worst thing is also when you hit on, like, the correct sleeper late. Like, I drafted Josh Allen and Winston in the league, and I had Mark Andrews. I'm like, this is easy. I'm going to win. And you just get absolutely mollywhopped by someone who scores, like, 200 yeah. points. It's very annoying. Uh, so yeah. another question I got – oh, did you have anything else to say? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, what would be your dream pet? My dream pet. So, uh, I'm a fish guy. I don't know. Uh, some people know that because they'll notice uh, I wear a John B shirt sometimes, which is a, a pretty big fishing YouTuber. Um, but I've always had this dream of not a koi pond, but like something cool with like, I've always said that it'd be cool to have it in like your living room. That's not realistic. But I want like in my house to have my own like koi pond, but not koi because I don't think that's super cool. But yeah. like, a piranha or like a school of piranhas or like just something cool would just be sick like i want a school of fish at my house not yeah. something people usually want but that'd be cool for me because i love fish yeah i have fish as well i i really want i don't know if you've ever seen the show i don't even know what it's called it's like that fish tank show where like you they they go into this rich yeah. person's house and their whole exactly walls a fish about. tank it's like i don't know how much money i yeah. need to get that but i want to get one of those too that's so cool yeah yeah, the, the realistic one would be like a, a big tank. I have a freshwater tank right now. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like a 10-gallon tank. Um, but they get like a huge saltwater tank oh, that yeah. like has like a bunch of live plants and everything in it. Like I have live plants now, but they're freshwater. At least not as cool. Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, I, I got this question because I was watching Tiger King. I'm not sure if you've seen it. And you can buy a tiger for two. You can buy a tiger for $2,000. Like, come on, you yeah. can do that. And that's crazy. <laughs> but I don't know. I just thought that was funny. So my final question here, unless I think of anything else, we've been going for like an hour. I don't know where you live, but by me, it's, it's thundering. I, like my background got really dark. I was a little while ago, yeah. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure when this video is going to come out, so people probably have no idea what we're talking about. But if you could have dinner with anyone who was either dead or alive right now, who would you choose and why? Hmm. So, to be honest, like, there's no, there's no one in the world that I'm just, like, so enamored with that I need to, like, ask questions. So I would want to have dinner with someone that's just, like, interesting, that'll make me laugh. So I guess two, two people that I would have down, John Mulaney is, like, easily my favorite comedian. Like, that would be sick to have dinner with him. And I think, like, if I had dinner with Antonio Brown, boy, would that be interesting. Like, he has yeah. gone off the deep end so much right now that I just think the, the things that would come out of his mouth during that dinner would just be so interesting. I'd be able to just tell stories about that forever. But yeah. a realistic person, John Mulaney is, like, my favorite person ever. So definitely him. Yeah, he, Antonio Brown might slap you. That guy's a bit crazy. But he yeah, do I, <laughs> I know. I've, I've tweeted at him for like a month ago. I was tweeting at him every single day to ask him to come on the podcast. He's obviously not going to. But I was like, this will be funny if I just keep asking him. But my choice would probably be uh, Joe Rogan, probably, because that guy, he's talked to a million people. He can tell you stories that aren't even his own. And as well as Dan Bilzerian, if you know who that guy is. That guy's like the rich guy that has all the girls on Instagram. If you look him up, he, okay. he lives a crazy lifestyle. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty funny. But so – Thank you for coming on. Obviously, unless you have any questions that you want to ask me or anything you'd want to talk about. No, I think we went over uh, a good amount of things about the industry. So this was really cool. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully you can't hear the thunder exploding outside of my house. So thank you guys. All I haven't for heard okay. So thank you guys all for watching this video. Nick, where can they follow you again? I'll put all the links. Your Twitter will be on the screen as well. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure it's at Nick Zylak FFA. But yeah, put it on the screen because I don't even fully know it. Uh, and then okay. uh, Fantasy Football Advice on YouTube and thefantasyfootballadvice.com for the website. Okay. Yeah, guys, make sure to check all that out. Uh, if you don't remember what he just said, it's down below in the description. Click subscribe on my channel as well. There's going to be a bunch of content. If you're coming from Nick's channel, thank you very much for just watching. You don't have to subscribe if you don't want to. I really appreciate it. And leave a comment if you enjoyed the interview at all or if you have any questions that uh, you want to know, and I'll answer them. Any questions for me? So thank you guys all for watching. I love each and every single one of you guys. Make sure to have a great rest of your day. Whatever day this comes out, I mean, it might be after the draft. It might be the draft day. Who really knows? So have a great rest of your day.